Ah, labor and delivery. I mean, what a natural process, right? I mean, the birth of a new child. It's just feel-good feelings all around. Well, thankfully, that's true in the majority of cases. But in this session, we're going to review kind of the untalked-about, ugly side effect of some labor and delivery processes, and that's postpartum or peripartum PTSD. And here's the kicker. There doesn't even have to be an adverse outcome for a patient to develop peripartum or postpartum PTSD. I thought this would be a perfect time to discuss this issue because I recently saw a patient who was thinking that she had PTSD from her traumatic delivery. Well, that got me thinking. If it can happen with traumatic deliveries, can it also happen with non-traumatic deliveries? The short answer is. Of course. So let's cover peripartum PTSD in this session. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practices because medicine moves fast. This is Clinical Pearls. What do you think about when you first hear PTSD? Well, traditionally, most people thought of that war veteran who just experienced the horrors of war. But PTSD is actually a varied condition, mainly presenting as an anxiety disorder. This results from very stressful, frightening, or distressing events, which are often relived through flashbacks or nightmares. The condition was traditionally called shell shock, and it first came to prominence when men returned from the trenches of World War One, having witnessed the unimaginable horrors of that war. More than one hundred years after the guns of that conflict fell silent, PTSD is still predominantly associated with war and as something largely experienced by men. But women are just as likely to experience PTSD from a spectrum of life experiences, and this can include being battered or physically or emotionally abused. It can also stem from sexual assault, and yes, PTSD can even happen after childbirth. Many people, of course, do relate childbirth as a uniformly happy event. This belief may be responsible for the lack of research into postpartum or childbirth-related PTSD. As unpleasant as it may be to face, the truth is is that childbirth can trigger negative as well as positive psychological effects. Postpartum women may experience psychological distress, and some may even develop mental disorders like postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, or postpartum psychosis. Although postpartum depression has been extensively described, accumulating data suggests that new mothers may also exhibit a post-traumatic stress response induced by the childbirth experience, and may even suffer from childbirth-related postpartum traumatic stress disorder for years. Well, if you've listened to my podcast before, you know I like the history of things. So let's talk about perinatal PTSD history because it actually wasn't formally recognized until the 1990s. And guys, that's not all that long ago. Perinatal PTSD was only formally recognized as a true condition in the 1990s when the American Psychiatric Association changed its description of what constitutes a traumatic event. 
the association originally considered PTSD to be something outside of the range of usual human experience, but then changed the definition to include an event where a person, quote, witnessed or confronted serious physical threat or injury to themselves or others and in which the person responded with feelings of fear, helplessness, or horror, end quote. This effectively implied that before the change, childbirth was deemed just too common to be highly traumatic, despite the life-changing injuries and sometimes even deaths that can occur with the procedure. Overall, the prevalence rates of postpartum PTSD in its acute form have ranged in the literature from anywhere from 5% to 8% in community samples, but some data actually report that some parts of PTSD can actually occur in as high as 25-30% to 30% of women. Again, other published data have shown that up to a third of women rate their delivery as psychologically traumatic, and as many as one quarter report some component of clinically significant postpartum PTSD-like symptoms. Patients struggling with postpartum PTSD experience a significant burden. Now, in the short term, mothers are less likely to seek out medical care for themselves or for their newborns. They are also less likely to breastfeed. Now imagine a woman trying to bond with her child after a traumatic birth. There is much difficulty with both attachment and bonding if PTSD has set in. Now in the long term, patients are also less likely to have another child or they're less likely to control the process via an epidural or they may desire an elective C-section even when not medically indicated. These patients also endure challenges in their relationships, both emotionally and physically. Now, there's many aspects of childbirth that can trigger PTSD-like syndromes. This can happen from a prolonged labor to the use of operative vaginal delivery to the need of a stat C-section. These are all potential triggers for PTSD. And of course, it's easy to understand that postpartum hemorrhage and shoulder dystocia can cause profound emotional and mental trauma. But other risk factors have actually been found for the development of PTSD, and there's two that stand out. One is a previous history of a mental mood disorder like previous depression or previous anxiety. And then the second, of course, is a traumatic experience in a patient's past. Now remember, things that we've discussed like shoulder dystocia, PPH, or a long labor, those are all definitely linked or risk factors to PTSD development. But here's a clinical pearl. Even in seemingly uncomplicated labor and delivery processes, some women can still develop PTSD because that whole process can just reignite or re-trigger past traumas that were never dealt with in the patient's past. So here's something that you should take home from this podcast right now. Yes, a traumatic birth is definitely a risk factor for PTSD. But don't limit your examination, your search for this condition, and just those patients, even patients with seemingly great labor and deliveries. You never know what's going on in their head or what's gone on in their background. So don't rule them out as having PTSD just because something didn't happen that you consider traumatic. Okay, now let's cover the DSM-5 diagnosis of peripartum PTSD. While PTSD as a whole used to be characterized as an anxiety disorder in the DSM-4, it now lives in a new chapter in DSM-5, and that chapter is trauma and stress-related disorders. 
postpartum, or childbirth-related PTSD is not a specific diagnosis in DSM-5, but it's a subset of the diagnosis of PTSD itself. In a postpartum woman, the trauma in question could be a negative perception of the birthing process, but previous traumas such as history of sexual abuse can also qualify for the diagnosis of postpartum PTSD. The diagnosis requires the presence of four categories of symptoms. The first is persistent re-experiencing or reliving of the trauma, and this can play out as dreams, repetitive thoughts, or flashbacks. Second is the avoidance of stimuli associated with the trauma. For example, a patient may avoid the hospital where she gave birth to avoid the feelings that she had during the delivery process. Third, the patient should display negative changes in mood and cognition, such as the inability to remember details of the event, have a depressed state of mind, or have feelings of detachment from others and exaggerated negative views of the world. Patients often present with depressed mood, and as some experts have stated, they can also be misdiagnosed as simply having postpartum depression, which they may have, but postpartum depression alone is different than postpartum depression associated with PTSD. Now, the final category in this diagnosis is an increase in arousal or reactivity. Patients often describe sleep changes and an inability to concentrate. Some women present with irritability and self-destructive behaviors. And to fulfill the criteria for PTSD, the patient should have these symptoms that are clinically distressing for more than one month in duration. Later on this week, I'm actually presenting for Grand Rounds, and the topic is stillbirth. And that's a perfect tie-in to what we're talking here. Because remember that stillbirth is, unfortunately, not a rare event. I mean, it happens in 1 in 160 pregnancies in this country. That translates to about 24,000 stillbirths each year. And each stillbirth case represents a high risk factor for the development of PTSD, not just in the woman, in the mother, but in that couple pair as well because the partner can also experience deeply, of course, this sense of loss. So remember, if that's 24,000 stillbirths each year, potentially that's up to 24,000 cases of misdiagnosed PTSD. Not that every patient will experience that, but my point is make sure to look for this issue in this horrific event called stillbirth. Listen, stillbirth remains one of the most disenfranchised and misunderstood types of loss. Stillbirth is associated with suicidal ideation, depression, anxiety, social phobia, and other manifestations of what we're talking about here, PTSD. It's just about being aware of this occurrence so that we can properly identify patients so they don't have to suffer in silence. All right, podcast family, as we wrap this up, the good news is, is that there's very effective therapy for childbirth-associated PTSD. Trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, or CPT, is specifically designed to treat PTSD disorders, including peripartum or postpartum cases. Now, here's what I find interesting. If you haven't heard of EMDR, look into this thing. I think this is fascinating. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing is a specific psychological treatment plan usually linked to cognitive behavioral therapy. In this treatment, a therapist guides the patient through rhythmic eye movements while recalling their traumatic event. 
the eye movements are designed to stimulate the information processing and reprocessing systems in the brain. The aim of the treatment is to help process the traumatic events and speed up readjustment and recovery. So EMDR is a hot new thing that's been around forever, but it's got a new attention in press lately. And lastly, medications, of course, are also there to assist, and these are usually part of the SSRI family. All right, podcast family, that brings us to a wrap. Listen, thankfully, in the vast majority of cases, childbirth truly is an emotional bonding and pleasant and positive experience. But even in seemingly uncomplicated deliveries, because we never know how women have processed and perceived the event or what they have brought into the situation from their past, some women are at risk for postpartum or childbirth-related PTSD, and we can't overlook this population anymore. As always, thanks for being part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.